Blog Talk Radio. Well, good evening, saints of the Most High God. Welcome to Kingdom Empowerment. I am your host, Minister Coilette James, and as always, it is indeed a pleasure and a blessing to share with you over the airwaves. I give God all the praise, glory, and the honor for that that he wishes to share on tonight and just to... to um, be in our midst. So we're going to go before the throne room of God and give him opportunity to do what it is that he wants to do and just to invite him in and to thank him for his goodness and his mercy on tonight. Heavenly Father, we worship you. We adore you. We exalt you, O Lord God. We are so grateful, Father, that you are first and foremost God and that you are our personal God, that you are our personal Father, that you have right standing, hallelujah, in our hearts as you have engrafted us in into your grace, into your mercy, and into your family, O oh Lord God. We know that through the blood of Jesus, we now have right standing with you. And we can be a part of your family And we can rejoice in the fact, oh God That you can come in and set up cornelia inside of us You can tabernacle in us through your spirit And we are so grateful We're grateful to yield ourselves to you as your temple, Lord God The temple of the Holy Ghost We're just excited on tonight We're excited, oh God, that you would come into our midst And you said where two or three are gathered in your name That there you would be also so we thank you, Father, for being in our midst on tonight. We lift up, Lord God, those that will listen live and those that will hear the archive show, Lord God, that you would minister to their hearts. We pray, Father God, the purpose of the show is that they would get even greater understanding and greater clarity of how much you love them and how much a part of you, they are, oh, Lord God. Hallelujah. We give you praise on tonight. We give you praise on tonight. Have your way, Lord God. Speak in us and through us, Lord God. Those that will share on tonight, Father, as well as myself, we yield ourselves to you, Lord, that you would have the preeminence, that we would speak as your oracles, Father God. Now, Lord, have your way. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. Amen. And it is so. Hallelujah, hallelujah We are just thankful, thankful, thank you And tonight I have my, my very special friend on the line with us, Pastor Dorothy How are you tonight? I'm wonderful, I'm wonderful, I'm excited I'm just excited about what God is about to do, present, amen Amen, yes I am excited as well. I had I had really desired in my heart a different song for tonight. I really wanted to to play um I choose to worship by Wes Morgan, but I wasn't able to get it downloaded. But we are going to continue on and just set the atmosphere, and we're going to utilize the same song we used last week, which is Beyond the Veil. And I think it's just so important and appropriate um, because we're dealing, this is our part two of dealing with intimacy with God. And we know that intimacy with God only takes place when we get beyond the veil. It doesn't happen in the outer court. It begins in the inner court, but it doesn't really have consummation until we get beyond the veil. So we're going to play that and just kind of let it minister to, to your heart and your spirit on tonight. And once it concludes, then we will go into our lesson for tonight. 
We give God praise. I'm excited too, Pastor Dorothy, on tonight. I just know God is going to do some awesome things. Serious. Yes. Beyond the veil.
That's the whole purpose. When you go to John 17, and we talked about this last week, you know that in God, in Jesus' prayer to the Father on our behalf, he was stating clearly, clearly that he wanted us to be one with the Father as he was one with the Father. That's fellowship. That's coming into that relational position with God, knowing our relational position in him, knowing that he is He is that supreme being. We're not lessening that. But even in that place of authority that he has in our life, he yet loves us enough that he wants to have fellowship with us. That's an awesome, awesome thing. I mean, that just, for me, it just really does something within my spirit to know that the creator of everything loves me enough that he wants to spend time with me. Not only does he want to just be that person that I go to when I'm in trouble, but he wants to He wants the same fellowship with us that he had with Adam, where he could walk in the cool of the day with his creation and spend time and have conversation. And we miss that today. We miss that today. We have gotten to a place where we take it so lightly. And and some of us, we really think, well, you know, it's our right. It is not our right. It's our privilege. It's a privilege that has been accepted. To us. Because, see, God didn't have to send his son down here to, to bridge the gap where we could come back in fellowship with him. Yes, Christ came to redeem us from our sin nature and from sin and from death and hell fire. Yes, he did. But he also came that we could be in relationship with God. And that is so important to really get that in your spirit, that this is a relationship. This is not just, it, it really, really grieves my spirit when people are caught up in religiosity. They're caught up in, I'm a quote-unquote Christian because that's my religion. Christ did not come to establish a new religion. We talked about that last week as well. Christ came that we could be reconciled back to the Father. That's not about religion. That's about relationship. And we really, really have to get that in our spirit and get beyond all these denominations and these isms and schisms that all of these different people try to bring into this thing. It's about a relationship. It's about a loving father reaching out and loving on his children. It's a, it's, just, it's an incredible thing. It, it is just, you know, when you really, really think about it, it, it literally can send chills. I know for me it will send chills down my spine to think that someone, a, an entity as incredible as God is, takes the time to even number the hairs on my head, takes the time to love me enough to be concerned about everything that concerns me. It's not just about me going to him when I'm in trouble, but when I'm happy, when I'm rejoicing, he's happy with me. When I'm hurting, he's there to soothe my pain. If I've got a trial or something that I've got to walk through, he's there to walk through it with me. 
He's so much more than the genie in the bottle that people have tried to make him be. But we don't know that if we don't get intimate with him, if we don't get to a place of relationship with him. It's got to go way beyond just a Sunday morning relationship. It's got to go way beyond just we go to church, get a quickening in our spirit, get a quick word, and then we're off to the races. I, I mean, think about it. So often you, you can see people there in church and, you know, hands uplifted, and it's a wonderful day in the neighborhood, and they will leave right out of church and come out, and they're cussing somebody out. <laughs> and it's like, okay, what happened? What happened was they, 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 the relationship that they need to have with God is not there. Because when you are in relationship, and think about this, because the, the relationship that we have is likened, according to the word, is likened unto a marriage. If it's likened unto a marriage, think about how important it is for you to please your mate, or it should be. You will go out of your way to do special things for your mate. You will go out of your way to make sure your mate is happy. You'll go out of your way. Now, here, look at the, the, the parent-child relationship. You'll go out of your way not to dishonor your parent and not to dishonor your spouse. So if you are in a place, in a relationship where at any given moment you can walk out and dishonor your father by what you do and how you live, then there's something wrong with that relationship. There's a breakdown in communication. There's something amiss there. So when we learn and when we understand the intimacy of our relationship with God, then that will take us into a place of certain things you're just not going to do because you're not going to dishonor your father like that. It's more important for you to have that fellowship. I I can give a testimony, and and Pastor Dorothy, I want you to jump in here at any given time, but I have a testimony that years ago where I stepped out of the ark of safety with God and got involved in a relationship that I should not have been in. Now, before I got involved in the relationship, God spoke to my spirit and straight told me, you know, stay away. He gave me specific orders of what he did not want me to do. But because I was in a lonely state, a hurting state, a a place in my life where I had been devastated by my marriage and I was just, you know, just looking for love, obviously, in all the wrong places, I got involved in this relationship. And it was the first time in my walk with God that I didn't feel him. You know, and we talk about that, you know, our relationship with God is more than a feeling, and I recognize and I understand that. But we know, those of us that have walked in intimacy with God, you know when something is wrong and you don't feel his presence. And I lost the feel of his presence around me, and it took me a while to get myself back into the place of that cornelia, that that special relationship that I had with him. But let me tell you something. Because I experienced that, and that's been mm, probably almost 20 years ago, since that time, I will never allow anything to cause me to be without that presence again. It was a well-taught lesson. Mm. It said nothing and no one on this planet is worth me losing my fellowship with God. 
It's just not I, what you don't have enough money. You're not fine enough. There is nothing out there that is worth that separation. Because I knew what it was to be connected to him and then experience the loss of that connection. When I got back into that place, it caused me to walk in a whole different manner. It caused me to put all disobedience aside, <laughs> okay? If God said no, it's like, okay, then it's no. You know, it, it took me, it shifted me to another real realization in him because I experienced that caring. See, before, you know, for 32 years, I just was walking, doing my own thing. But once I came into fellowship with God, once that relationship began to build, and then I did something in disobedience to tear that relationship. We've been there, you know, where we've torn relationships with people and we didn't have nobody to blame but ourselves. And once that happened, and it, and, and like the prodigal son, I came to myself and was like, <laughs> oh, uh-uh, this is not happening, okay? It taught me. It taught me a very valuable lesson. And so... The reason that we really want to deal with the intimate part of this, of the intimacy with God, is so that we will learn to reverence our relationship with God. We can't take it lightly. It's not just a passing fancy. It's not just something that we do because it's the end thing to do. But we walk in a, in a place of respect and honor for our Father. Because of our relationship, so Pastor Dorothy, you can jump in any time now, and, and and just to expand on what has been said, and then we're going to go into what we're dealing with tonight on why we've been chosen. Amen. Well, first of all, what a very um, heartfelt uh, testimony. Uh, I just actually began to pray in the spirit because uh, actually to cover you, my sister, because of the, I, I, you know, you feel people and they. Instead of examining oneself, they like to worry about what and try to be nosy. So I, <laughs> and I just will say that I felt that in the spirit. So I begin to cover Amen. you in prayer as you, you know, because it it, it takes that and more. And we all have, um, in many different areas. I just got off an awesome broadcast as well with the time to pray and heard this testimony from this woman that says from prostitute to prophet, you know, and and. And even in her testimony, hearing her relationship with the Lord, I know, I know of people who have been so-called in the faith and don't even have that, uh, what she's walking in right now because of her open heart, you know, to share the love of God and to be intimate with God and to describe that. So as you were saying your testimony and to lose that place uh, when you are, have been there, and you know him, and you've been known of him, and then to lose that place, that is, that is. And then they've done that, you know, as far as even to be have been totally backslidden um, in my earlier youth, you know, one of those that walk with him when you were young. So some people think when you're young, you know, I'm talking teenage years and even young adolescent years, these young people can have a relationship with Jesus. And yeah. sometimes the elderly, they, they tend to judge that based on uh, maturity, thinking maturity is age. But trust me, I've met some mature young believers uh, who were more mature. I just said they were just old, okay? But the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the young, you know what I'm saying? They were just older. But they were young yeah. people 
who had that walk with at that time. I mean, this group we had, woman of God, we would get in the in the house and 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 just be on our knees. Back then, of course, we were hollering Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But I don't care what nobody say about those tarrying days. Those tarrying days, your heart was pleading to God to save you, to draw you closer to Him. While your mouth was saying Jesus, your heart was crying. Those tears were real, okay? And you Mm -hmm. slobbing. (laughs) And, you know, that's what they need, I think, sometimes. You know, I love the eloquent prayers of speech, but sometimes I think they need to go back to those old school days and just just call his name. Just shut up and call his name because your words mean nothing right now. Let your heart call out to him. I don't want to get off in that, you know, but I, I just, I, and during those times, you know, when you draw close to God and then uh, the cares of life or whatever presents itself and you lose that and then you come back to him and you can value that. But I, I really bless the Lord for your testimony, and it was a wonderful testimony. It really was, and it touched my heart. And I, I'm just excited about the opportunity to even as what God is putting in your heart for this season for us in reference to intimacy with God. And when it came out just now even about the young people, I'm just going to say allow the young people to have that relationship with him. Don't judge it. If they have to, to have to have a bounce, let them bounce. You know, whatever mm-hmm. it takes to teach them to talk to God. One, I don't want to get off on anything, but I just am so um, – it is it's, – it's really <laughs> it's really hard to even to put into words, um, but just getting to communicate with the Lord one day at a time and just talking with him, and it builds that closeness and it builds that fellowship. And when you played the song even coming into the broadcast and playing the song about going into that holy of holies behind the veil and, and, and people knowing what that means in their heart, this is a heart walk. It, you know, it's a H-E-A-R-T relationship. You know, it's it's not just a verbal and talking, and it's not, but the verbal and the action should just demonstrate what's in that heart. You know what I'm about? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And man, I'm just um, I, I give it back to you. I can go on and on. You know what? That's that's I'm, really good because you brought out a really good point. And when you think about it, relationships, everybody deals with relationships on different levels. And when you were yes. saying about you know the youth and you know if they need to have a bounce with their relationship. We all have different relationships with each other. Our, our love walk is different. You know, our, how we yes. relate is different. You know, so it, it's like if it's like that in the natural, why would we think that we are, everybody's relationship with God would be the same? And how they relate to God, that we all are individuals. We have been fearfully and wonderfully made and unique. He called us a peculiar treasure. You know, we have been made to be unique in who we are. And that uniqueness, I believe, is something that he treasures because he put within us. So our relationship with him is going to be different. We have relationships on different levels with him. You know, and we're quick to judge where someone's relationship is because maybe it's not where your relationship is. Or even the more seasoned saints, they relate to him differently. I remember having a conversation once with somebody, and it it really kind of almost got into an argument because this was somebody that was puffed up with knowledge. And he felt that, you know, as he would learn all his Greek and his Hebrew and this and that, 
um, that it would make him superior in his relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no, honey, you definitely missed the boat. Okay, I, I believe in getting educated. I'm a, I'm a, I am an advocate for education, but education does not replace relationship. And my, my take on that, my proof of that is: look at our ancestors who was out there in those fields all day long, could not read and write, but they had a song in their heart. That's where our old hymns came from. And because of their relationship with God, it carried them through. They didn't know Hebrew. They didn't know Greek. They didn't even know how to read English. But they had a relationship with God, and that carried them through. The more knowledge we get is a wonderful thing as long as we don't allow that knowledge to puff us up. I believe it's important to get a good a good understanding of the word of God. I believe it's important to search out the scriptures, search, do your word searches, study. I am very, very into that. But don't ever let your quote-unquote knowledge cause you to puff up and think you're better than somebody else because of knowledge. You're not better than anybody else even because of your relationship. It's just you will go deeper into where God is leading you when you yield yourself to him in relationship. But that's that's important. That's important to understand. And if I you you know what? Think about it, Pastor Dorothy. Our parents didn't understand us. <laughs> and they complained about our generation because we were different mm-hmm. than they are. Mm-hmm. And likewise, this new generation mm-hmm. is different than what our generation was. Mm-hmm. Because yes. it's ever evolving. The key is, do they have a sincere love of God? Are they seeking after and thirsting after him as the deer panteth after the river? You know, do they have a relationship? That's where we need to be concerned. Exactly. That's where we need to be concerned. So good point. You made a real, real good point. Okay. I want to go to Ephesians for my first scripture tonight, and y'all know I love the word, so we're going to deal with a few scriptures on tonight. But um, the first scripture is Ephesians 1, because what we want to talk about tonight in, in our intimate relationship with God is the fact that we've been chosen. He chose us. He specifically chose us. And it says, um, starting in the third verse of Ephesians, the first chapter, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and without blame before him in love having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. 
I want to look at the fourth the fourth verse there. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. He has chosen us way back when. Okay, before we even knew we existed, he had already chosen us. Before we were a hint in or a twinkle in our mother and our father's eyes and all of that stuff, he had already chosen us. But why? Why? What was his person purpose for choosing? Well, if we go back, and we have to start off, I believe, going back to when he made the choice of Israel, to bring Israel unto him, to bring the nation of Israel is what I'm saying. When he when he first chose Abraham and chose that Abraham's lineage would be his people, we have to go back and we have to look at that. What was the purpose of that? Because you think about, he had created all of creation. He had gotten angry with the creation he had created. He destroyed it. And then he goes, and as the generations are listed, he chooses another, a strand out of that generation to put his name on. Why would he do that when, again, he had created the whole, the whole creation? Well, you stop and think, and as you look and you read about how he pulled them out, he pulled them out to be um, a witness unto him. He, Because the earth was still wicked, after the, the fall, after the, the flood, and the generations from Noah had went forth, you still had some people, some of Noah's Noah's sons weren't what they needed to be. They had lost the reverence and the respect for God. So as it went down, down through the generations, he chose a specific people to pull them out to be his witness, to know that, to show forth the love of God. If there wasn't a, a chosen people to show forth and to be a witness to who God was, how would the people around us know of him? If we were all on the same level field, so to speak, in in our relationship with God, then no one would know what was right and what was wrong. No one could point a finger and say, that's the reward of serving God. That is the the favor of God on a person's life. He chose Abraham and Abraham's generations to show favor to. He picked that. He chose it to be his witness. If you go to Isaiah, all through Isaiah, it's repeated over and over, I have chosen you as my witness. I have chosen you as my witness. I'm going to read in Isaiah 43. And I'm going to read the 10th through the 13th verse. And the 10th verse says, Ye are my witness, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared and have saved and I have showed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore, you are my witness, saith the Lord, that I am God. Yea, before the day was, I am he. There is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work and who shall let it? 
So if he had not had a chosen people, who could differentiate the difference in the gods that people chose to make that they had to carry around with them against the true and living God? There had to be a difference to a degree. Just like when um, Elijah had the the altercation with the priests of Baal, and they cut themselves, and they did all of these different things trying to get the offering to go to Baal, and nothing happened. And Elijah began to mock them, and they were so angry and so upset, but it was the proof that as Elijah made the trough and brought and poured out all the water and put water on the offering and what have you, and fire came down from heaven and consumed the offering, there was no mistaking that God was the true and living God, and Baal had no power. If there wasn't a, a, a chosen remnant, and if you all through the word of God, even in the children of Israel, you'll see even when God would get really angry with them and, and pronounce judgment on them, he would always pull a remnant out of them. There was always a chosen people, even in the midst of the people, that he could prove through them of his deity, that he could show those around them and lead others back to him because of his hand being on their lives. So when we get that in our heart that, you know, first and foremost, we're chosen to be a witness that God is God. We don't have, God does not need us to defend him. I I hear it all the time, and people get in, in these philosophical conversations, and, you know, my religion is better than your religion. Well, first of all, as we said at the beginning, it's not about a religion. But they go through all of these different things um, dealing with with religion when it's not about religion, and in the midst of that, they get caught up in these arguments, believing that um, if they continue on, that they're defending God. I mean, if you think about all the crusades and stuff that was going on and all of the quote-unquote holy wars that have gone on and all the people that lost their lives supposedly defending God, you think about it, it was like, why do you have to defend God? Because he's God. We need God to defend us, you know? He, we don't have to defend him. He is quite capable of defending himself. Go all the way through the Old Testament when he would go before them in battle. Half the time they wouldn't even have to fight. All they had to do was go and collect the spoils because God had gone before them and had fought for them. So we have to get it in our mind that he doesn't need us to defend him. He has called us as a witness to him a witness to his glory, a witness that he is God, a witness of his favor, a witness to his love, and a witness that, again, that he is God. So we've been chosen for a purpose. Why you specifically? Well, if you think about it and you go back, he normally respects and reverence a certain person. Could be your ancestor, could be your mother, your father, could be that farther than that in your lineage where he has made a a promise. God will make a promise that he will honor. If he says that he will honor your generations, he will do that. Go back to Abraham again, going through his lineage all the way down to David. God kept his promise. 
And then he made a promise to David that he would always have someone sitting on the throne. Now, Solomon messed up, okay? A whole lot of his descendants messed up, but God kept his promise. He kept his promise. Even though there was a split in Israel on one side and Judah on the other, there was still someone from David's lineage because God kept his promise. Most of us are in in the beloved. We have been adopted into the beloved as we read in the beginning because God has kept his promise to somebody else that's prayed for us, somebody else that stood in the gap for us. I mean, obviously the first one was Christ who stood in the gap and prayed for us in John 17 and ushered us in, and ushered us in. So God is a faithful God. He is such a faithful God, and in choosing us, we again, we can't take it lightly. You know, he knows, he, he foreordains, he foreknows, he is, he is omnipotent. He knows who is going to stand upright and who is going to fall. I believe that. You know, and, and I know there's an argument of, okay, well, if he already knows what I'm going to do, you know, then where's my freedom? But he still has given you the freedom of choice. But you know your children. You know what your children are going to do before they go out there and do it. You know who's going to stand and who's going to fall. You know who's going to be okay and who you need to worry about. It doesn't stop you from loving them. It doesn't stop you from having to give them the freedom to step out and to do what they're going to do. But you know the ones that's going to be okay. You know it. You know it in your spirit. Well, God is the same way. He knows us better than we know ourselves. So he knows who's going to be okay, who's going to, you know, who's going to do what. But he still, there's, there's that, that, mm, that time that we're getting to know ourselves. He knows us, but we need to find who we really are in him. Because who we think we are just in our natural being, in our flesh, is that's, and I think that we all have testimonies of the life that we lived before him to know that, oh, we can mess some stuff up. We can definitely mess some stuff up. But the beauty of, of the love that he has for us is that he's still there putting his loving arms around us and bringing us back into the fold even when we mess some stuff up. So we have to understand that being chosen of God is part of our intimate relationship with God. And and one of the reasons that I really wanted to bring and talk about this is because of just how society is today and we're so caught up in um, God being, quote, unquote, the genie in the bottle, and we're only going to him because of what we want and our focus is on what society says is good. And, you know, the big house, the fancy car, the money, this, that, and the other, all the things that he told us not to have thought of because he already knew what we needed, but that becomes our focus. If we shift our focus and we understand you have been chosen by God to be his ambassador in the earth realm, to be his representative, to be that witness, that light that shines and says, yes, there is a God. Yes, he is a personal God. He is not just the man upstairs. He is not 
so far away that you can't reach him. He is not just sitting there just to judge you because a lot of times people see God as they see their earthly father. They they get it twisted. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. He is God. He is not just that, that dictatorial. God. He is a loving God. But if there's not a people that has been chosen, a remnant that's been pulled out to show forth his love, to show forth his glory, then people would not know that. People would not know that. We are, for some people, the only God they'll ever see. They see him working in us. They see his spirit in us. They see us when we're going through, but yet our head is up high. We're still rejoicing. We're not beaten down. We're not trodden down. They see us when we love the unlovable. They see us even when they're talking about us and slandering our names and bearing false witness against us, and we're still loving them. They see it, and it makes them take note. Well, how can you do this? Why are you this way? That opens up the discussion, or it opens up their heart and their mind to say, you know what, God must be real. This must be real. How can they do that? How can they bear up under the pressure they're under? And, and one thing that kind of, I chuckle when I think about it, being chosen of God, because, you know, everybody, Pastor Dorothy and I was talking about this the other day. Everybody wants these titles and wants to be a prophet. <laughs> They want to be all these different things. But when you go back and you read the word and the different things that the prophets had to endure for the sake of the people, I would be like, no, please don't put that title on me. You know, I mean, just point in reference. You you look at Job. You know, Job was an upright man in all of his ways, but God wanted to brag on Job. Have you considered my servant Job? Okay, upright man in all his ways. Boy, and as soon as God did that, Job went through. You look at um, Isaiah. Isaiah was required to run around naked for three years as a prophet of God. You look at Ezekiel, this is why Pastor Dorothy and I got on this subject, and God told Ezekiel he had to lay on his side, and um, I think it was the first one was 360-some days and then turn over on the other side for 40 days. But while you, he was laying on his side, it was dealing with um, how how far away and how bad Israel uh, excuse me, was sinning against God, and so to make a point, God was telling him what foods to eat while he was going through this period of time, and part of the cake that he had to make, he was supposed to put dung in it. Well, we know that's like body waste. <laughs> it was like, he was like, you know, God, I have never had anything in me that defiled me. I've been like really good, you know, but it's like when you think about it, when you are that witness for God, yes, you are going to go through. God knows you're going to go through. There are some things that you're going to have to bear up under. But why is that? It's because God is shining through you. He's using you as a beacon light. So this notion that's sweeping the land that because you're God's chosen, all is well. All is well. 
Now, now, all is well because God is in control. But if you think you're going to live on easy street and you ain't going to never have a problem because you have been chosen of God, I beg to differ. <laughs> I think the word of God begs to differ. I think anybody that has really walked with God would beg to differ because you're going to go mm-hmm. through some things. But it's still an honor to be chosen of him. It's still an honor to know that you are his child. You are in the beloved. And when the word in Romans says that all of creation is moaning and groaning for the sons of God mm-hmm. to take their place, they need to see this, that, that creation needs you to get in right alignment, to get in right relationship with God, even though it's going to cost you. Because remember, Christ said, you got to suffer with me if you're going to reign with me. Mm. So you've got to go through some things. You've got to go through some things. Your faith has to be built and tested. Your faith has to be shown. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. If everything was all good, why are you still hoping? The evidence of things still not seen. If it was all that, then you wouldn't have to have to walk in that. But yet still, we still have to walk in faith. We still have to press on. We still have to persevere in God because he chose you. Because he chose you. It's it's amazing. Go ahead, Pastor Dorothy. Amen. No, woman of God, I'm serious. You're on a flow, and I love the flow. But one of the things is you you were reading in Ephesians, and when you read Ephesians, I actually posted it in the chat room for others who didn't may not have their word available. The Holy Spirit just put it in my heart. But nevertheless, when you read Ephesians, um, through, um, I'm sorry, the first chapter, the fourth verse, where he chose us in him, I had the New International Version, before the creation of the world, to be holy. See, chosen for a purpose. You said earlier and read in Isaiah, you're my witness, declares the Lord, and my servant, whom I have chosen. When somebody witnesses something, they sometimes may even have taken part or they may have seen, but they they can say without a doubt, yeah, that was him, I, I saw it, or I was there. And he said you were chosen in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, in love. And when you was going further and you were dealing with we were talking about things that we discussed in reference to the prophets, and, and that in love just kept standing out, in love, and you were saying, eat dung, and I'm saying, in love, because God changed yes. whom we love. You yes. know? And then you were, talk- yes. you were talking about character, and that character is built because he told us, he, he instructed us to put on Christ, as you said, in dealing with the fellowship of his suffering. So we were, we were instructed to put on Jesus. We were instructed to put on Christ. We were instructed to have his character. You know, to to walk, to goodness, long-suffering, you know, these characters that represent him, that come through the test in knowing him. Uh The gentleness, the goodness, the long-suffering, the meekness, the patience, all characters of God and the fruit, you don't say fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, all in knowing him. Amen. Um, Somebody has in the chat room, the faith uh, actually is word on the water, and I believe that's Apostle Pinson, the faith here spoken is not a mere moral virtue, but a branch of the law, nor a bear 
Uh, you need to speak, man of God. He one when it comes to explain that acid, anything revealed. But what um what I was, you know what I'm saying? That's what was going through my heart. Even the the holiness and the blameless. Everything that you were saying, I, I kept hearing that stand out to be holy and to be without blame. You know, people say, no, we're not perfect. Or like you said, they they're thinking. I'll use that term, once saved, always saved. They think that that gives them a right because I've accepted Jesus. Now I have the right to behave and walk as I choose and do whatever I want to do. You know, I don't have to pray. I don't have to fast. I don't have to seek God's face. I don't have to, you know what I'm saying? They, they get, we get, I don't like saying they because I ain't really a part of that, but, you know, it, it comes in, in, in having a walk with him and having an ear to hear what the Spirit of God has to say and developing it. He said, my children know my voice, and a stranger they will not follow, you know. And when when we've been chosen, he chose us before the foundation of the world. And I love when you were speaking about how parents, we know what our children are going to do, and you and yes. yet they're going to do it. But that scripture came into my heart. He, it's not his desire that any man should perish, but that all come mm-hmm. to repentance. He is all-knowing. He is everywhere. For him to say, I didn't know what you were going to do, didn't mean that he didn't give you the choice to do it. You know, it doesn't mean that, okay, it was better that I'd rather not have been here than have done what it done. Well, you know what? Your very doing and being became a lesson to somebody else, so you did serve a purpose even though you might not have made it. <laughs> it is what it is. As my sister always true. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is, it is what it is. It may not That's be not nice, true. but it is what it is. Because had you yeah. not a whole bunch of bad examples, you can't talk about good ones, am I not right? You know? That's the truth. So That's the those truth. things that come, they come to build character, they come to develop us. So why take away all that which is bad and leave that which is good? Well, we would never know what, how to build that strength. It's, it's through those mm-hmm. bad that we build those strengths, it's through those characters that we develop in learning and develop in knowing and developing walking by faith. Had we not had those finances left behind to know how to seek him for our every bread, you know? If it was always mm-hmm. there, how do we know to seek him for, you know, how do we know to have the faith that he'll provide for us, you know? If it wasn't for those, exactly. you know, those, those with, he said as long as we are in this world, we're going to have tribulation. Well, who does tribulation use it, you know? He says, and, and, uh, he, didn't, but he, didn't, and he didn't leave us. He didn't leave us like Come that. On now. He said, "In this land, you will have tribulation, but be a good cheer." It's like Come on you, now. you go have some hard times. It's gonna you, you go have it, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You know, we we just we we want the pie in the sky all the time. We don't want to go through, but you've got to go through. Christ was our elder brother. He was our example of how to go through with your head up high. You know, to think of everything that he went through and he never uttered a mumbling word except on specific questions that he had a specific purpose for answering. And all we want to do is murmur and complain and just, you know, just go through. The book that I had written years ago, well, my first book, um, embrace God's love, a journey through the wilderness. As I wrote that, what he was showing me was to get through the wilderness because we all got wildernesses that we walk through, those times of, of isolation, those times of desert places. We're going to have them, and it's more than just one. 
you know, it's different seasons that we go through in our lives. But the thing to do is to learn how to get through Christ taught us. The children of Israel taught us. And the children of Israel taught us by what they did wrong. Christ taught us by what he did right. The children of Israel murmured and complained and went through all of that where they could have gotten where they were going in a couple of weeks. It took them 40 years. And they were right there. (laughs) They were there. We're at the promised land. And there is a scripture that says that this is for a lesson, right? There is a scripture in there that says that that to hear this this lesson would not be. That's right. Actually, oh, girl, I just read that the other day, too. I think it was in, was it Deuteronomy 8. Wait, 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 because you just touched on something. Wow. I can tell you, I, I know it in my spirit, but I don't know the address sometimes, but I heard it. <laughs> I heard it come out of my heart. No, because no I, just, I and, it, and he, he said it twice. Here it is, here it is, here it is. Okay. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 8, the second verse, it says, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led these these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandment or no. Mm. There was a purpose and a reason for it. There's another place. And I'm not, that one is not on the top of my head, but there's another place where he said, I had to teach you war. Because after all the old folks, <laughs> the, the children of Israel, all of those that were 20 and older that could have went in, after they died, the young people didn't know war. So he had to take them and even teach them how to fight. He had to go through all of these different lessons he gives to us to learn. But why? So that we can train the next generation. So we can teach to know what was in your heart. He said right there to know what's in your heart. And he said the heart is deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So he allowed things to come so we can examine our own self. So when you see, wow, I was really jealous. Wow, you know what? That really bothered me. I need to fix that. I didn't like that. Why didn't I like that? I, I need to fix that. That's not God. That that wasn't good. You know what? Lord, forgive me for that. And give me the grace and the strength to, to, to not let that be me. You know? Oh, Lord, I'm still angry about that. Why am I still bitter? That shouldn't be. I, I, I forgive, but how do I get out of this bitterness to test to know what's in your heart? Amen. Amen. That's That's good. That's good. That's really good. I mean, you know, again, if he's going to brag on you, see, you know, we want to be the apple of daddy's eye. Okay, but how do you get there? (laughs) How do you get there? Because you've gone through stuff where he has proved thee. He has proved thee. He has humbled you. Now, that's, verse 2 says, humble thee to prove thee to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandment or no. Okay? Mm-hmm. You've got to find that out within yourself. Now, you skip down to verse 16, and this is what he said, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, that he might prove thee, 
to do the good at thy latter end. So he's taking you through these things. He's chosen you, but it's to do you good. I believe it's in Psalms that said it was good that you afflicted me. Okay? We don't want to get to that place. But when you look going through, just like the testimony I gave at the top of the show, it was good that I was afflicted knowing not his presence. Because it taught me I will never let anything separate me from him again. It was something I went through. I I shouldn't have walked in disobedience. I could have avoided it. But then after I did, his chastisement for me was to remove his the, the feeling that I had, that cornea, that relationship. He removed that. Now, I don't believe God ever left me. Because he said in his word he would never leave me nor forsake me. And me knowing that, and my pastor had taught me that you got to know that you know that you know that God is there. It's not a feeling. You can't just go on a feeling. That kept me still pressing on. I wasn't going to take down because I was going to get back to his love. I was going to get back to his presence. I was not going to give up. I was like, Jacob, I'm not letting you go till you bless me. I'm getting back, okay? I'm getting back to what I had. And, you know, it was like I was a woman on a journey, okay? I was serious. But because he chastened me by me not feeling his presence, that was my chastisement for my disobedience. See, you, 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 he chastens those that he loves. You, you're going to go through some things. One thing Pastor D teaches us all the time is you can choose your choices, but you cannot choose the consequence of your choice. Mm, that's good. You know, you can choose your choice. You're going to make the choice. But now you're going to suffer the consequence whether you chose that consequence or not. So you're going to be Mm. chastised for what you do. It's going to happen if you're walking in disobedience. I was straight in disobedience. It wasn't that I didn't know or I was testing the water. God has specifically said, no, don't do that. That's like you telling your baby, don't touch that stove, that stove is hot. And you touch it, and you get burned. I told you not to touch it. You couldn't help but burn yourself, because I told you not to touch it. So the consequence of what I did was not feeling his presence. But the lesson in it was that I'll never do that again, ever. I don't care what it is. So now there's greater things before me. There's been greater temptations that have come along since then. But because he chastened me in the way he did back then, I don't fall prey to the temptations. Because it's a reminder. It's like you had a scar, and you look at your scar, and that scar says, oh, no, I'm not doing that, (laughs) okay, because that's how I got this scar right here. You see what I'm saying? You know, it's like, no, no, I have a burn on my arm. I have two burns on my arm from a popcorn (laughs) popper, okay, because I worked at a movie theater. But being careless with what I was doing, been told you, 
got to pay attention to what you're doing. I'm being careless. I went to swing the thing up and barely half did it, and it swung back and hit me. So next time, I'm careful to put that puppy up there right. <laughs> okay? It's doing me good in my latter end, just like what we just read. He humbled. Mm-hmm. He proved himself but it's to do me good in my latter end. See, now I'm too old to go back and repeat what I did 20 years ago. I don't have time because God has different things ahead of me now. He's got me in a different position. I don't have time to do that now. You know, and I, I remember talking to my spiritual mother one day, and I told her this, and I meant this from my heart. I'm, I'm thankful that I went through that when I did so that when these latter temptations came my way, they weren't even a thought. Ah, that's good. Not even a thought. Not even a thought. You know, I told somebody recently, it's like certain certain spirits, that familiar spirits that will come and keep trying to to entice you and tempt you, I don't even play with them. I don't even have to think about them. I don't have to talk to them. You know, I defeated you years ago. So why am I messing with you? I'm not. I'm not. Because I already have my victory in that avenue, so I'm gone. I can move on. You know, so things that we go through, we're chosen. He he loves us. You know, like any proud parent, he wants to he wants to brag on his kids. But now you gotta watch yourself when God gets to bragging on you, because there's some things going on. But you know what? It's like it's okay because you are you're at a place in Him now where you understand. Okay, Daddy, you you got me. So whatever, nothing, nothing can by any means hurt me. Because you've got me. You've got me. That's why you have that faith has to be built up as you're walking through these other different issues and different things in life. Your faith is being built up so that when something that seems insurmountable comes to you, his word stands true and you overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Your testimony says that no matter what I've walked through in the past, God, you have been with me. You have seen me through. You have delivered me out of it. You have kept me. You have provided for me. You have been everything I needed you to be. What would make me think you're not going to be the same now? So I can look at this and say, hey, whatever it is, it is. Whatever it is, it is. Because I'm going with God. Because I have that trust and that faith that he's going to do what he has always promised to do. We said it earlier. He is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. He is God. If he said it, it can't be a lie because he said it. Whatever he said is. You know, there's there's, um, the saying, what is it? God said it, I believe it. That settles it. You can take the I believe it out. God said it. That settles it. Because <laughs> like, a whole lot of people don't believe in God, but it don't stop him from being God. So I ain't even got to believe it. He said it. It is what it is. That's it. That's it. So when we get into this relationship, but see, this is all relational. Pastor Dorothy, that's why it's so important to have that intimacy with God. 
That's why we're talking about this, that you get into that intimate place with him that you know him. The word says that those that know God shall be strong and do exploits. You've got to Mm. know him. How are you going to know him if you haven't developed your relationship with him? I know my husband because I've been Mm. intimate with my husband. Can't nobody tell me nothing about that man. After 20-some years, I know him. And likewise with me. He knows me. But why? Because we've walked together. We've taken the time to get to know one another. We know what's important to the other one. We know how to react to different things in each other's lives. Why? Because we've walked together. God wants us to walk with him. He wants that cornonia. I keep going back to the garden because that's what he developed us for. The relationship he had with Adam in the garden is the relationship he wants with us today, that we can walk with him in the cool of the day, that we can sit and have conversation. Prayer should not just be my laundry list dumped on God's lap and I'm going on about my business. What happened to communication? That some of the best times with God is just to come into his presence and just sit and be still, be quiet, listen. God, it's, it's really hard to have a conversation with somebody if that person don't shut up. So you go to God in prayer and all you do is keep talking. Where's the conversation? There's no conversation. You just, you you running off at the mouth, and then when you're through, you get up and you leave. You don't give them time to respond. You don't give them time to say anything. You just, here it is, God. I need boom, 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 boom. There it is. I'm out. Is that a relationship? I mean, really, if your child only came into your presence when they needed something or they wanted something and they just came and said, this is what I need, thank you, and they're gone, that's not a relationship. How would you feel? You know, even, you know, you know, here's the truth, okay, our kids get grown and we only hear from them when they need something. What's the first thing that comes out your mouth? You only call me when you need something, what you want? And you have an attitude about it. Well, how do you think God feels? Or better yet, when you make up in your mind that what you want is more important than your relationship with God. Now we really got some issues. Because here is your loving father who really wants nothing the best for you. He said, no good thing will I withhold from you. No good thing will I withhold from you. He wants nothing but the best for you. But because you haven't been given what it is that you think you've just got to have, you're going to go out and make it happen. You're going to ignore him. You're going to put this thing ahead of your relationship with him, and then you expect him to like it. Basically, you pretty much tell them you better love it. 
We do it. We do it. But if you have that intimate relationship with him, if he is more important than anything, see, more important than life itself, that that's the place you've got to get in with God. That's where you've got to go, where he is more important than life itself. Because you've got to be willing to die. Die to what you want. Die to your ways. Die to anything that would exert itself over him. You've got to be willing to lay it down. Because you've been chosen. You've been chosen. He wants to set you on a hill as a bright beacon light. That's what he wants to do for you. But are you willing to yield yourself to him and allow him to do that? Are you willing? Go ahead, Pastor Dorothy. Woman of God, you got that. <laughs> Amen. That's good. That is so good. That is so good. And it's all I know I can say is that's the season that we're in. We're in a time where um, God is judging and God is not playing. And and he's talking right now to to people who know him, to those that are called by his name. He's he's talking to us, those that uh, believe in him. So we're trying. We need to be the light. But instead, uh, we've allowed cares of this world. We've allowed the temptations. We've allowed things to happen to cause that light to be dim. And that way, the people that are lost, they can't find their way. And as you started, woman of God, with the earth is yearning to see. The manifestations of the sons of God. It, it, you know, the earth is yearning, and we um, and the Lord is is actually. It sounds like it really feels like a last cry. It really does. From what I'm hearing in my spirit, what my you know my own assignment, for what the assignments that I'm hearing, there's one call, and that call is to be holy. That call is to represent Him. That call is to allow Him to, like you say, brag on us. You know, to please Him. And as you was even stating with your husband in the relationship, but as a, a dear friend once said, there's also confrontation, you know, in, in love, in, in getting to know one another, you know? And it's, it's that building, it's that give and take. And when God does that, because God gives us a lot of leeway. He really does. He yes, gives he does. us a lot. He has great mercy. Mercy is new every morning, okay? Every Amen. morning. Amen. He, he knows us. He gives us mercy every morning. So it's up to us that when, as he gives mercy, but and but heed his call when he said, examine ourselves. Heed his call when he said, take that beam out your eye and stop judging us. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and even heeding the call to intercede for somebody else. You know, if you're so confident in what you got, then pray for that those who don't. Have. Teach Amen. those who don't yeah. have. He says, when you, I restored you, now go restore your brother. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amen. So and the lesson is that he's, hey, woman of God, it is such love in tonight. I'm hearing and feeling such love in his word for saying I've chose you. I've chose you from the foundation of the world. You're my chosen. You're my chosen generation. I, I He chose us, and he even said in him, in his son. He yeah. chose us. He allowed his only son to come and go through hell on this planet. The devil tried to tear him in so many ways, and and literally, 
to pieces for us. Mm. And he allowed that because he chose us. You yeah. know? And his yeah. love is just his love is amazing. And it is time that we develop more and more of intimate intimate relationship with him. And that yeah. dareness you know what I was thinking of, even with even with teaching the youth, it's been in my spirit to train them. How do you train them to be Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They knew their God. They knew mm. their God. Oh, I walked in the fire. Yeah. I'm not about that because yeah. I know my God. <clears throat> I know my yeah. God. Daniel, oh, I know God. Mm-mm. No, I don't need to do that. And I'm, I'm not going to stop communicating with my God because you got issues. So you right. want me to go in the lion's den? Well, so be it. But I'm going to talk mm. to my God. I am going to be in a relationship with my God in spite of what you That's say. That's right. You know? And, 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 That's uh, what I was saying, is, more than life itself. you got to get to that place, more than life itself. Exactly. exactly. Amen. 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 Listen, um, we're actually going to come to a point in this country, woman of God, if we don't get it right. This country, we're going to come oh, to that point where we're going to feel what the other nations regretfully have felt. We're going to feel what they have felt if we don't come to it right, because we've already given up our freedom as a Christian, and we think we're okay. Mm. Mm. Now that's deep. You know, we think we're okay. Yeah, we, we think. Yeah, yeah. We it, think. it is. It is. It is. It is even at the door. And mm. we and we're you know we're so complacent. But when somebody comes to your door with a with a machete and said, "I'm gonna chop your head off if you don't say that you don't worship Jesus," what you gonna do? Or they got okay. your daughter or your son held up against the wall, and they're getting ready to 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 just jab them. Really, what are you gonna do? Mm. What, what are you, are you gonna you know? Are you gonna deny? I want you to deny Jesus. Is it that real to you yet? Mm. Wow. I want to read First Peter, um, second chapter, the ninth verse, because. It, Knowing and, and what you said, unfortunately, we think things that aren't sometimes. You know, we think we got it all together. We think we know this. We think, we think, we think, and it's not what, what we think it is. But I want just I want to read this just to understand the depth of God's love and his choosing you. It says, but ye are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. It's it, it's such an honor and such a joy to know that we have been chosen of God. We are His elect. We are His elect. Um, I think we have a question in the room. You know, I'm new on this new um, studio, <laughs> but I have a hand, uh, I have a question mark that's showing um, from area code three. Three four zero. Hello, are you on the line? Amen. Amen. Praise God. You know this has been a great dialogue, and I thank you, ladies, for for doing such a wonderful job. One thing I will say is make sure that we don't become like Jonah. See, Jonah was in the opposite realm of what you're speaking of. 
because he knew God, he loved God, but when God spoken to him and told him to go over to Nineveh and to warn the people of Nineveh that if they don't change, what was going to happen to them? And see, the thing about it was that Jonah was so disobedient, he decided to get on a boat and go someplace else and thought, and thought that he could get away from from God or either hide from God. But there was a mighty storm that came up. And when the storm came up, the ship owner started throwing off over his goods. And then he finally called out. He said, hey, somebody on here, somebody upset the Lord. Mm. Finally, they realized who it was. It was Jonah. And Jonah said, you know what, just throw me overboard. Just throw me overboard and you'll be fine. And when they threw Jonah overboard, the seas became calm again. And see, saying to God, we've got to get to that place that we're not doing the disobedient thing that Jonah did. Amen. Yeah. Unlike the Hebrew boys, unlike Daniel, you know, we have got to get to a place where we're listening, understanding what Daddy is saying all the time. And the key factor is what you said earlier, and that is to have a relationship with him. We can't be in religion. We've got to break the bond of religion, and we've got to come into a fullness of relationship. So, sisters, I just wanted to to applaud you and tell you you're doing a wonderful job for the Lord, and keep up the good work. Stay encouraged, and don't give up the the good faith. Amen. Can you let our listeners know who you are? This is Apostle Penson from the United States Virgin Islands. Amen. Amen. Well, we thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for bringing out that point because you're absolutely correct. You know, it's that walking in disobedience that caused that tear in the relationship. Yes. So um, good good point. Good, good point. Um, I believe it's Sister Adrena, Dream for More Radio, yeah, says a good point. Some are runaways from God's vision and know God, but let feelings and emotions take place. So we've got to, and and you know what, and I I, I finally believe, again, it, it all stems from how your relationship, how important is your relationship with God. If he is the center of your universe, if Everything centers on him, and that's really what it means for him to be the center of your universe, the center of who you are. Everything within your life rests in his hands. Everything it, 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 he has place in, everything that concerneth you. If that is the case, then we're not as apt to let our feelings and our emotions take us into disobedience uh, because He's more important than that. He, all, all through the scriptures, tells all of his children, his 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 prophets, his his servants, everybody, to be strong and of a good courage. This is he told Joshua over and over again: be strong and of, a, and of a good courage. He encourages us all through scriptures to be not afraid. We don't have to be afraid to carry out what he tells us to do. 
Because anything that he sends you to do, he's already made provision for you before you get here. Now, here's a point, Apostle Pinson, that when Jonah got over there, when he finally got out of the whale's belly and he got over there, he got caught up in himself because he delivered the word. Then he got angry because they repented. It was almost like he wanted to see the wrath of God come down on them. We still have to be mindful and careful that we don't get so caught up in us that God is not moving. You know, it's. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 woman of God, you go right ahead. I, I yield to you. I'm just saying, you know, that in what we do, we still have to make sure that God remains that focal point and that he remains a sovereign God and he can do whatever it is that he wants to do. We lose focus of his sovereignty. When we are obedient, even when we are obedient, we'll go and we'll carry out the assignment that has been given to us and then step back and wait to see what's going to happen. There have been times when God has given me a word to give to somebody or even a question to ask, and he'll tell me, I just want you to ask it and leave it. They're not going to answer you because it's none of your business what the answer is. It's between me and them. That's good. So we have to know that in our obedience, God is still God. So let's not fall prey to what Jonah did and get mad because Nineveh repented and God did not cause the judgment to fall on them. Again, if we're chosen to carry out his will and his good pleasure, his will, his good pleasure, and God is God. He can do it however he wants it to be done. So he chose us for a specific purpose, and don't get so caught up in being chosen that you lose sight that God is still God. Come on. I believe that I believe that there's some men and women of God out there that got caught up in themselves because God chose them and forgot that he is still God. All right, now. Amen. I mean, that's, that's the truth. Yes, it is. Seriously. Yes, it is. You know, you and, are and still God. Go ahead. You know what, woman of God, that's so true because, you know, just like Jonah did, he became pompous. He became egotistical. Yes. He, yes. he became self-serving. And he became Lord to himself. Mm. And you're very right. We've got to be careful that we, uh, we have got to operate. Now, watch this. This is a warning to the world. We have got to become just what we say we are. If we say we are believers of God, then guess what? We've got to let our integrity say so. We yeah. have got to let the – if I tell you I'm going to do it, that glass it, I better do it. If I Amen. say that I, I – If I make a commitment to something, I need to stick to that commitment. Let your yay be yay, let your nay be nay. You've got to ask for the truth. You've got to quit going around here telling lies, looking at folk in one way, and talking about them behind their back in another. I'm I'm here to tell you, God's not pleased, and that's why he's shutting a lot of things down, even in ministries. Even in ministries. Let me tell you something. 
everybody who is called to the, the, the different positions of the fivefold ministry were not called by God. Uh-oh, watch out now. Some of them were called by self. Some of them were called by self, and, you, and I'll show you how you can tell when it's called by self. When you call yourself into a position and it's not called by God, everything will start to crumble. You'll lose everything you've got. And then you have to be shameful and you gotta run and hide under different place in different places. Mm-hmm. See, when when it's not called by God and you 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 proclaim to operate under certain authorities and God didn't place you there, you gotta be very careful. Because see, you will be tried. And yeah. when the trial comes, you may not be like those three Hebrew boys. And when you go into that furnace, you may not be able to withstand the heat. You may not be able to withstand the flame. That's why we've got to stay in the lane that God called us to be in. If he called yeah. you just to be a humble servant, my God, be that servant, but be the very best servant you can be. If he called you to be a trash collector, it's no, it's, it's no shame in being a trash man. Let me tell you something. Be the best trash man you could possibly be and do it with the right. spirit of excellence and do it to the best of your ability and do it with a humble spirit. But if, he's, if no. he's called you to be a teacher or a leader, make sure that you understand what you're to do, how you're to do it, and continue to study to show yourself approved, not unto man, but unto God, and be pleasing Amen. to God. And not man. Don't be a man pleaser. Be a God pleaser. God bless you. Amen. Now, it's something that you ended on that point about being a man pleaser and a God pleaser because – while you were speaking earlier, and the woman of God was sharing earlier about Jonah, my mind went on Saul. And I, and I started thinking, well, you know what? He knew God. He had a relationship with God. He heard God. God appointed him king, you know? But yet he wanted to please people and choose to put people over God and lose what God has called him to do. So you got one man who knows God, and God says, I'm sending you to save the people. And he gets in his, in his own mind that it's his choice. And then you got a man that God is that that because man want a king, but still God answers. And, and this man do know God. He in a relationship with God, and he's winning battles and winning different strategies. But then when God tests him to get rid of everything, and the people say we want this, who are you going to be in a relationship with? And I'm thinking about the man, when, the man of God, when he's speaking about I'm hearing fivefold and people in 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 leadership. You know, you God has chose you, but yet God told you to rebuke this this thing that they're bringing into the house of God. Rebuke this homo, I don't want to call it homosexuality, but I'm just saying that because it's out focal point, you know, from even the other day. But when God tells you to rebuke this thief, okay, I'll use that one. And you choose to not rebuke the thief because he's popular and everybody knows him, you know, and you're going to settle for it. Or you, he tells you to sit this one down, but you're not going to sit him down because it's just, it don't seem right and everybody likes him. Well, he gives more money than everybody else, so I'm not going to sit him down. You know? But you know we're, what, we're you know what Pastor Dorothy? What, you, you touched on something, and, and I just got to jump in on it, on about Saul. And, and it ties right into what Apostle Tenson just said. Saul was mm-hmm. appointed, okay, he was chosen by God, but he was appointed by Samuel. Samuel put him there, and Saul really did not have a relationship with God. Everything that he did, he did because God spoke through Samuel to him. 
Yeah, you're right. But so when he I say never God appointed him. His, and and I, no, I, what I'm saying is I'm bringing light to you. You're, you're, you're right, and God did appoint him. But I'm saying like what Apostle Pinson was saying, these men that appoint themselves, Saul didn't appoint himself, God did. But the point is is that they don't have a relationship with God. They put themselves in position, and because mm-hmm. they don't have a relationship with God, they're doing all manner of things. Saul didn't have a relationship with God because if he did, he would have honored the will of God, done what God said, and he would not have tried to take Samuel's place in offering up sacrifice to God because he would have known better. But I, I, I'm not I'm not differing with you, but what I'm saying the difference between David and and Saul was David had relationship, but David too he didn't make a decision. But there are areas where he did not do what he knew better to do. But what I'm saying is what I'm what I'm saying is and the fact that I was dealing with the fact that when I said he knew God, because at some point when you read, yes, God did speak through him through uh, Saul, but as he, I mean through Samuel. But when you read further, you'll hear where he did know of God, and he lost it. And that's why he was troubled. That's why he couldn't sleep. The Spirit of God left him. He knew the presence of God. He did know. Hmm. My my thing is is he didn't develop his relationship the way that David did. David David did. No, he did not. Amen. Samuel spoke to David, Nathan spoke to David, but David developed his relationship with God on his own as well. Amen. That, that was the yes. point I was saying. I wasn't, I wasn't taken away from what you were saying. I was just saying there was a huge difference there. So that when David was corrected, David went before God. It's like before you and you alone have I sinned, oh, Lord. You know what I'm saying? But but Saul went Samuel's role, trying to get Samuel to plead his case. You see what I'm saying? He, yes, and, and I do. I yes, see, I do. These people out here, they don't have, you know, they're not, they're not in right relationship with God. Let me put it that way. Apostle Pinson, you had something you wanted to say. Well, we, we also have uh, Pastor Sadu. Pastor Sadu from Ghana. He wanted to make a comment. Oh, He's okay. actually on the line. Okay. Pastor Sadu? Hi, Pastor Dorothy. Am I online? Yes. Yes, yes. you are. Uh-huh. That's, that's uh, Minister Coilette. Uh, yeah, great thing to all of you in the stage. You know, I don't have much to say, but just to motivate you or reinforce you, you know, to be courageous in the good way that you are doing for the multitude that are hearing under the sound of your voice. You are doing an awesome work. You are doing great work, you know. I have been listening to everything that you are saying, and I'm, I'm so excited and so happy you have to motivate you, okay, that you should be courageous to stay the way. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 to 9, God exhorted Joshua three times to be courageous. God said, be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance 
the land, which had sworn unto their father to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous. Have not I commanded thee strong and of a good courage? Be not afraid. You know, so God is speaking to you. But hey, you people should be courageous to stay the way. And that's exactly what you are doing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. It's only courageous Amen. people who can be leaders. If you are not a courage, you can never become a leader. Success or failure depends on being courageous. It takes courage to stand up for the truth. The reason why many people do not try a new aspect of ministry is because they lack courage. It takes courage to pray for the sick. It takes courage to minister the spirit. It takes courage to launch out. Hallelujah. So, you know, just want to ask you, I love all of you. Greetings from Ghana, Africa. And just to encourage you and to motivate you to keep doing the good work that you are doing. But hey, do you not forget that I say you should be more courageous. Speak as your heart is speaking the word. You are wonderful. God bless all of you. And God bless Pastor Dorothy and God bless Pastor James Collins for this great opportunity. God bless you all. Amen. Thank you so much. And God bless you. Thank you for calling in and supporting all the way from Ghana. That's that's a true, true blessing. Amen. Amen. And, and you know what? Amen. There's some, some, some really good points that have been shared tonight, and I thank God. I think we got Apostle Pinson back. Are you back, Apostle? Yes, ma'am. I apologize. My phone went out. <laughs> Pastor Sadie, God bless you, man of God. Thank you. <laughs> it's a pleasure to me, okay? Yeah, always, my brother, always. But you know, you know what? Some, one thing I, want, I would like to say and to point out to you is this, that just like we, we were talking about obedience, uh, relationship, one thing is this. Don't count the smaller person out. Don't judge a book by its cover. It may look dingy, it may look dirty, but there could be some substance inside that book that God ordained and appointed. So often we look at certain, we go by what a person looks like, and that's what we judge them by. Don't do that. We've got to look past that and look into the inner man and into the spirit and heart of the man. So often people are misjudged. Amen. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Wholeheartedly agree. Wholeheartedly agree. Amen. Well, it, you know what? It, it is. It has just been an, an awesome time tonight. I just. I thank God. I thank God because you know God has brought out some really good points and what have you. Thank you so much, Apostle Pinson, for joining in with us. We give God grace and mercy and joy and all those things to you. It's an awesome Thank thing. You. Awesome thing. Hallelujah. Okay, I am 
Excuse me, just one second. I, I was just looking at something dealing with Samuel and Saul. Um, that's not what I was looking for. Um, but I, and Pastor Dorothy, I wanted you to know I was agreeing with what you were saying, but I was just still saying that, you know, because some people, and, and Apostle Pinson said it best because I've said that for years and years that, you know, people appoint themselves. You know, it's not that God has called them to the fivefold. They just, you know, and and for all many different reasons. And some people, I I believe that some people are so anxious and and just just to bring some balance because some people are just out because they think it's a good scam and they can get paid. Um, Some people are out for the notoriety. But I believe that there are some genuine people that they're genuine, their heart is right, but they go ahead of God. And because they have not taken the time to be tried and tested and and all the things that God said he did to the children of Israel, you know, to humble them, to try their heart, to prove to them different things, that they get out there and they can't withstand the barrage that attacks them when they get there. And that's one of the reasons why it is so important to take it according to how God leads you and how he calls you and never to, like you said, don't judge a book by its cover, but also don't despise small beginnings. Don't despise the baby steps that you may have to take in the beginning. You know, if you know what we when we get saved, we're all so full of zeal. It, it's like we just want to go out and tell the world about Jesus. <laughs> okay. yeah. But there's a reason why God said, "Don't put a novice out there," because they've not taken the time to be proven. They've not been in the fire. They haven't been in the crucible to be tested. So that just like what I was saying, that that I had to go through some things to get to that place to say nothing will ever separate me from God again. So, you know, until we can get to that place where we're sure-footed, we know that we're standing on God. We know his importance in our life. We know in our choices and our decisions that he is going to be at the top of our choice and our decision. That's when we can go out. So what my thing with Saul, with Samuel and Saul is, Samuel never took the time to be tried in the crucible. He wanted to do it according to what he wanted, and he blamed it on the people, but you know he wanted them sheep that was out there. He wanted to parade the king, and that's why he kept them alive because he didn't take the time to develop what he needed to develop in God on the backside of the mountain where David was this worshiper while he's out there keeping the sheep. He's having a relationship with God. He's developing it. He's allowing God. When Think about when Samuel came and anointed David. It was many, many years before David became king. Even though he had been anointed, there was many things he went through before he became king, and then he still messed up as king. But yet and still, he had such a relationship with God that even in his mess up, he would still go to the Father. You see what I'm saying? And and these people, these quote-unquote men and women that have put themselves in a position 
that they're not ready for because they've not developed that relationship, that intimacy with God. So they start off with a good heart. They start off with the right intentions, but they lose it along the way because they didn't wait. They went ahead of God. They went ahead. So that was just just a point that was in my spirit to bring out. Just, you know, we've got to, as he has chosen us, as his peculiar treasure, as his, his priesthood, as his servants, as his children, we don't want to go before him. We still, we still have to stay and let him lead us step by step. Hosea, I believe it's 6 and 3, says that then shall you know, as you follow on to know the Lord, you still, it's step by step, you know as you go with him, but we can't get ahead of him. And that's, that all comes into that relationship. He knows when to release you. He knows when to elevate you. He knows when to promote you. But we have to get to a place that we don't get so consumed in the goal. And I believe, and this is me, this is not in the word, this is me. I believe that the reason why that God shows us in part, he'll prophesy in part, is because if he told us the whole of the matter, we'd be done took off. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And and where are we going? And just messed up just messed up. So he has to lead us step by step. We have to be into that place of, you know, the baby steps and just hearing from him and allowing him to take his time Mm -hmm. to get us to where we need to be. Just just wanted to throw that out there. It's good. Well, that's kind of that's that's basically what I have for tonight, I, um, Pastor Dorothy. I'll let you wrap up, and then I would love to hear closing remarks from you, Apostle Pinson, and then we can just and Pastor Dorothy, if you would pray us out after you know all the closing remarks. I think it's been a good night, and I'm not going to try to force the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm actually with you on that one, so we can go ahead and let the um, those who are on the line give their closing remarks. Amen. Apostle, do you have some closing remarks? Amen. I'm going to just say it like this, and I pray that it it hits you in a way that it never leaves you. Do Do what God called you to do and not what you called yourself to do. Amen. Do what God called you to do and not what you called yourself to do. And you make the mark every time. God bless you all. I love you so much. Amen. Amen. And that's mm-hmm. real right there. That's that's a good word. That mm-hmm. is a good word. Amen. Amen. All right, Pastor Dorothy, well, will you pray us okay. out? Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you, God, for your, your word tonight. We thank you, Lord God, and I want to just have the honor to lift up the woman of God and the vision in it that you put in her spirit to cause the hearts of men and women to draw close to you, to return in relationship with you, stir up the more 
with the assignment, Lord God, and grace her, Lord, in, in everything that she put her hands to do. And all the listeners on tonight, those that were on live, as well as those that are coming later on the archive, we pray, Father God, that they that the, the word of God falls on good ground, Lord God, and we pray, Father, that it stirs us up to want to be closer to you, to want to hear more of you, to want to learn of you, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for this word on tonight. In the name of Jesus, Lord, and we give praise again to you, Father. And we say, Lord, if there be any sin, forgive us. If there be anything that's not like you, forgive us. And, Lord God, let us walk in love, Lord, and let us walk in relationship with you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we give praise and we give thanks. And, again, bless this broadcast, Lord God, as it goes forward. Father God, in the assignment that's on the woman of God's heart, and in her life, Lord God, and her family, that you cover her with the blood of Jesus. Father God, that you keep her walking bold, keep her walking strong. In the name of Jesus, and we give praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Thank you, woman of God. It's been a pleasure and definitely an honor to be the guest co-host with you on this assignment. It really has been an honor, and I thank you. Amen. Well, I thank God for you. You you have definitely been a blessing in my life. God is God is a good good God. Well, we give God praise and glory and honor for those that joined us on tonight. It was a blessed night. Um, blessed things that just went forth, and we just welcome you to tune in with us again next time. Have an awesome awesome night in the Lord, and we at this point are signing off. <laughs> God bless. We can end it out with a song. Bless the Lord. Love you much. Amen. Thank you.